what are you interested in? What are you curious about? And what's happening in that realm? And what can you do about it? So I, that's how I kind of go about it. And I feel like that kind of helps me steer, like, this is what I can do. Mm-hmm. And it kind of takes away that weight where I have to change everything. And you're just like, oh my God, that sounds overwhelming and scary. Hi, I'm Naomi Mahaffey, and welcome to Pause, an Alberta Social Innovation Connect podcast. Each episode, we typically invite changemakers who are working to address the root causes of complex issues to pause from their important work and sit down with their partners and collaborators. We ask them to reflect on what they're learning and how they and their work have changed over time. Many of our guests come to the conversation with years, if not decades, of experience in the social goods sector. Today, we thought we'd shake things up and hear from changemakers of a different demographic. My colleague Elise Martinowski, a recent university graduate who edits and often hosts this podcast, sat down with three of her peers, Maya, Sally, and Xander, to discuss their experiences engaging with changemaking as students and recent graduates. Students and youth bring unique perspectives to the table when it comes to changemaking, whether from theory they've learned in class or knowledge they've gained through a fellowship or work term or volunteer experience. They are often equipped with bold ideas or big questions and are ready to hit the ground running and change the world post-grad. But what does it mean to change the world? How do we do that? Where do we even start? Are we qualified to do such a thing? These are some of the thoughts Elise often hears when she chats with other recent grads and emerging changemakers. So she decided to sit down with three other Mount Royal University students and recent grads to hear from them what it's been like to learn about social innovation in the classroom, the experiences they've had translating this knowledge into the workforce, and their hopes for the world of changemaking and for their own futures. Here's their conversation. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being a part of ABSI Connect's podcast, Pause. To get going, I'll just have each of you introduce yourself so that listeners know who's talking when they hear your voice. And then as we're talking about um, up-and-coming changemakers, a few of us have graduated, a few of us are still in school. So just say where you're at in the process of an up-and-coming changemaker. So I guess what year you're in and maybe a major. My name is Xander. I'm a third-year management student here at Mount Royal, uh, concentrating in social innovation. I'm Maya Pajvic. I'm a first-year info design student, as well as doing a double minor in marketing and social innovation. I'm Sally Njeroge. I am M- MRU alumni. I graduated in the spring in sociology and entrepreneurship and innovation. Lovely. And I'm Elise, which most of you will know my voice, um, but I'm also an MRU alumni. just graduated this past spring as well. And it's very strange transitioning to saying alumni instead of current student once you've been doing that for four years. So part of the reason why I brought this group together was just to talk about why we chose change making, a little bit about how we feel about ourselves as change makers, like if we identify as change makers or social innovators, and some of the experiences we've had starting to work as well. So to start, I'm going to ask you the question of why change making. I think it was just like a fascinating topic. I think social plus innovation was something that I always kind of collaborated and wanted to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I found like the professors really and the mentors that I've met throughout like my program kind of kind of geared me in that way and change making to me is also something that I'm also really passionate about I think it's a mindset of like I can do something and it's not that permission of oh I need permission to do something yeah about 
just thinking from a young age too I've kind of been taught like that be the change you want to be in the world mm-hmm. don't just kind of let other people do it and so when I came back to school after kind of my time away from post-secondary with the social innovation program it was a perfect lead into like changing the world mm-hmm. really and it's like a bold ambition but like yeah. with like a campus of people and all the people that we have as a support team around us it's like super super encouraging mm-hmm. I think for me it was like I started off as an artist and still I'm still an artist um and so it naturally just came to me um and doing spoken word and doing music I was just always interested in like how arts impact people and I went into sociology and I found out there is innovation and entrepreneurship and I was actually trying to figure out which one I should choose either social innovation or that one and I was (laughs) like I'll go with this one because I don't know anything about business so um, I thought innovation and business that was really interesting to me so that's why I went that route. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I guess I can also give my answer of it. Um, Why did I choose change making? I think I had a similar experience as you Xander just in that um, like I always thought there's a lot of processes and things that we do in a daily life that can just be so much better and I want to be a part of changing that rather than just continuously doing the thing that I think could be done better. <laughs> so, or not necessarily better, I guess it's not might not be the right word, but more effectively and efficiently for the planet and the people that live on it. My next question for all of you is do you identify as a change maker yet? I know all three of you, so I think eventually <laughs> once we all start working and start doing this thing, we'll, we will identify as a change maker, as a social innovator. But how do you feel as being this up and coming change maker? Do you feel like you identify as one? Um, currently, no. As a student, no. But I feel like people around us say that we're change makers just by the ability to volunteer and be like the voice that people don't hear that often. So I think for me, I would say no, but like people saying, well, yes, you're a change maker. You can do this. Let's send out that email or send out that email to the CEO, for example. What's the worst that can happen? That's true. How does it make you feel when people tell you you're a change maker almost and you don't feel it yourself? Um, I feel validated because for me, I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm that special. But when people say, oh, yeah, you can think about this or I want your opinion, it makes me feel like like I'm being valued in a way. Yeah. Maybe it pushes you a little harder to like get to that place where you feel like you are a change maker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not a title. It's just like mm-hmm. how do you kind of go about it in the world? Mm-hmm. And how do you like see systems in a way that's like, oh, I can improve this or improve that? Yeah. I think I can echo that. Yeah. It's like a mindset more than like a tangible thing. Like as students, we haven't really done anything yet, but we're all doing things as we go through our program, especially being a social innovation student. Like there's no thing mm-hmm. to look at and be like, oh, I've done that. But there's all these things that I've also done that I'm like super proud of in the change making world. But yeah, like emerging change maker, but I'm not, I haven't changed anything yet. So I wouldn't really mm-hmm. label myself as a change maker, but yeah. yeah. But we're learning, we're learning how to do we're it and how to do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a process. I think, um, I don't know if I identify as one yet, but I, I am working in the realm of it. Um, so I'm working with Calgary Arts Development and we're looking at how artists are change makers. And from time, artists have been doing such change making work, whether it's changing mindsets or influencing people, like important people to like change um, policies or just even ordinary people to just, you know, push for change. And being involved in this project, I'm just realizing what an incredible opportunity it has been to just be like, what can Calgary artists do to effect and move change? So. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I am one, but I am involved in it. So yeah. I acknowledge that. Yeah. That's great. I like the I like the point of that it's more of like this mindset and process rather than a title. Because in a sense, like almost everybody is doing change making work. Like if you're doing something that's like having an effect on anything, like you're mm. making change. Like, um, I guess we're talking more in like the social innovation context of things, but I think that there are lots of people, like you were just saying, Sally, too, with the arts, like there's a whole cohort of you that are working on this and trying to implement this change. And although some of you might identify more as change makers than others, like you're all still doing that work. So it's more of this process that we're following. And Well, I think with that, like just being with like-minded people, mm -hmm. it brings everybody else up, like with Calgary's development, like that whole, group of people mm -hmm. just being in that circle you like you you feel inspired just by being with Absolutely. being in a social innovation classroom yeah. with this professor and with this whole group of people and your mm -hmm. group projects and everything just kind of brings everything else up mm -hmm. and the beauty of that is like they're they come from different backgrounds so you have like your business students you have your art students you have like your info design students so it's like kind of brings them all together and kind of brings their different perspectives which kind of brings elevates the group projects elevates kind of you're thinking about change making and be like oh have you ever thought about this yeah it kind of brings bridges those things together yeah and it's action as well right because yeah. I remember like a lot of classes where you'd be talking about like change making and like people that have made change and it's all like talking about it in a sense of theory but when you actually get into social innovation yeah, classes absolutely. and you're actually being like go out into the street and talk <laughs> to people and find out what people are thinking about this topic I think that's the, where impact comes from, really. So, yeah. yeah. it's so great, like having the theory in the classroom, but it's even better to apply it mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. outside the class. Like, how does that look like? How does social innovation look like beyond the classroom? Yeah, and beyond the theory really practice. Yeah. That is a great leeway because this is also one of my questions. Yeah. So we're gonna go into it now. <laughs> because you brought it up, is what opportunities we've had to apply that theory that we've learned in classroom settings to the workforce. So, what type of experiences you've had and how. How have they been? What's it been like starting to work in social innovation spaces? It's challenging. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're learning about it, you're like, yeah, this makes sense. But once you actually start doing it, you're like, hmm, do I actually know what I'm doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this how it's supposed to be done? I don't know. Um, and then it's a lot of like experimentation and just like figuring it out as you go and then just making the necessary changes mm -hmm. for it to work, whatever it is that you're working on. like. For example, I started as a student researcher on the Artist as Changemaker project, and then we moved into a residency program. So now we're in this testing stage where we're putting artists with organizations to work on their complex problems. And we're like, okay, we thought this would happen, and this is happening, so what do we do? What do we go from here? So it's really interesting that um, sometimes it's like, this is the theory, but it's not really acting out how it, we thought it would act out. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Or how we've been told it could act out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, because it, it's all very people-based as well, right? So people's mindsets, we meet at, we meet people at different places. So if their mindsets are not where you are at, there's a little bit of tension or conflict or, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I've been really fortunate being a patient advisor for Alberta Health Services before I started my undergrad. And so I kind of built this idea of what social innovation is on like a systems level, but having the minors in social innovation really helped kind of bridge that idea of like, there's so much more that can be done. Like I've pushed mm -hmm. patient advisors to be like, let's think this way. There's a broader system at play instead of just Alberta Health Services, for right. example. And I think that's really the benefit for me to kind of think about outside and how can I apply mm -hmm. what I learned in the classroom in the system that I really care about. Yeah. 
How do the people feel when you're pushing them? Because that's what we're like. Um, <laughs> that's what we're, we're struggling they're, with. They're <laughs> uncomfortable. Exactly. But it's right. the truth. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't speak BS. I talk the truth. And I think that's where people feel uncomfortable. They're like, oh, yes, this is wonderful. It's like, no, it's not. Let's just <laughs> go this way. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Addressing, like, you're good at addressing the elephant in the room. Yeah. Well, yeah. being a trade agent is hard. It's not just a title. It's about how do you think mm-hmm. about different things and some people are not going to like you and that's okay mm-hmm. but you got to find that rebel pack and be like this is my support yeah. this is where I think so yeah I think just like thriving in that uncomfortable space right where yeah. there's reason it's called social innovation it isn't just social status quo or whatever right mm-hmm. like there's <laughs> things that aren't going to be easy about doing like pushing boundaries and pushing people's buttons and like getting change to happen yeah like just through studying past social innovations that have actually worked nothing was easy and nothing was like gift wrapped or anything right so I don't know just in like breathe a brief experience I've had with kind of the outside of school aspect of social innovation with like the map the system challenge and then now like the catalyst fellowship and just different things that I've been involved with kind of outside of school and seeing that social innovation in action it's really cool but it's not easy and it's roadblock after roadblock but then you make a breakthrough and it's the best feeling ever and just like being in something that you like doing mm-hmm. it's just it's so rewarding on a day-to-day yeah. level of doing that kind of stuff so um I often think of this too of like I want to be a part of this solution that's changing the world and it's just such a big like word and concept and it's like crap where do I even start like what do I do have you guys faced that where it's like this feeling that you need to do something for the greater purpose of all and have you found this like way to do that Still haven't. Still haven't. But I feel like every day is like, I want to change the world, but how do you, how does that look like every day, right? It could be networking with a person or kind of communicating one on one. Like, what's their problem? What are they Mm -hmm. thinking about? Like, it's like those little conversations that kind of guide you to, like, oh, I can think about this. It's not about changing the world. I think that's like a big thing, Mm -hmm. but it's like, how do you take it day by day? Yeah. We all, I think as a change agent, we kind of have our highs and lows of, yeah. oh, I can change the world. Oh, shit, I'm not changing the world. Yeah. It's like, what does that look like? Yeah. But it's like, I think, too, that just made me think of this, um, is that, like, each one of us, even all four of us sitting in this room, if we're all doing that one piece that we're passionate about that's going to change some type of system in the world, when all of those come together, that's how we change the world. I keep saying the world. i got to use a different word. But anyways, <laughs> it's like we're all these individual pieces to this one big yeah. puzzle. I think just being positive about it too, like you hear there's like so much negativity in the world. You flip on the news and it's going to be negative, 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 negative. Mm -hmm. And then you might get a positive, like a dog surfing today on the news. But like other than that, there's not a lot of that in in Mm -hmm. that people talk about. So just being that kind of like light that people, Mm -hmm. when you're talking to someone, don't be all doom and gloom. Oh, the world sucks. We're all Mm going to die and whatever. Like, hey, have you heard about this thing that's happening or this that's happening? Or like, yeah. hey, have you tried doing this? Or like, just be that kind of person. Mm-hmm. And I find some days easier than others, obviously. Yeah. We all have our good and bad days, but just to be be positive about it. Because mm-hmm. if you're not positive, you're not going to change anything. So it's like, yeah. but we're four people. And if we all think that way, if there's like seven and a half billion people that also think that way, mm-hmm. things will happen, right? So yeah. it's just kind of converting the other people. Yeah. And like some people are always going to be pessimistic, but... Just mm-hmm. being, I'm an eternal optimist. Like, I just always think mm-hmm. things are going to be okay. Things are going to turn up. Things are going to yep. be good. And I find it, it's, like, done me well so far. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, even if something happens, I'm like, you know what? It's fine. It'll be okay. 
You just kind of mm-hmm. keep on trucking. Yeah. And like some days are, yeah, one step forward, two steps back, but then some days are 10 steps forward, no steps back. So yeah. it's all perspective. Yeah. It also Good just point. goes back to like awareness. Like you just have to be aware of like what it is that you want to change, right? Because like changing the world is like a huge concept, right? Because like even mm-hmm. when we think about like Calgary alone, it's like all the different issues that we could yeah. like tackle but it's like you're can you tackle all of them so it's like what are you interested in what are you curious about and what's happening in that realm and what can you do about it so Mm -hmm. that's how I kind of go about it and I feel like that kind of helps me steer like this is what I can do Mm -hmm. and it kind of takes away that weight where I have to change everything and you're just like oh my god that sounds overwhelming and scary but if you're like you know, if you're a patient, you're like, I'm unhappy with the healthcare system. Yeah. Let me say something about it. Or mm-hmm. if you're in the arts and you're like, we need more diversity. Let's do something about that. So I think being yeah. really specific about what it is that you are trying to tackle can really be helpful. Mm-hmm. Like going with what you're passionate about, because that's when we're going to get the best results is if you're working yeah. on something that you're passionate about and that you're excited about. It's about like knowing the yeah. rules, but knowing like how to kind of break them in a way yeah. to yeah. kind of get to a better outcome. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just kind of breaking some like of like the perceptions of certain things right like if the healthcare system people are like oh it's so awesome and as no you're like way. no it's not but not just like letting people kind of go off on if when you're in a conversation and someone's like just oh it's the best thing ever but like just kind of making check not checking people but just making sure that like everyone's kind of like aware of just there is another yeah. side of the coin too I feel like people are a lot of like narrow-minded when it comes to their system it's like oh yeah it's great but there's like so much more that can be done like kind of gain that system side that we learn about it's like how do you kind of approach it in a way that benefits more people instead of just a certain few one thing i find is like just you said like the whole like ambiguity part of it but like and like we study this in the innovation world right but like the simple complicated and then complex yeah Mm -hmm. like chaotic problems that like it isn't like an answers driven study which is i find is really interesting it's just like trying to understand Mm-hmm. what's going on yeah and like sometimes you get to the end of the problem you're like oh there's not an answer yeah cool but then like we can still go further there's not like a here's a solution do that mm-hmm. and then this will change mm-hmm. you can't like fix poverty with a band-aid right yeah. like it's a very like understanding the root causes and there's a thousand root causes so then you dive into each one of those mm-hmm. and like it's just it's yeah kind of being open-minded and like i love learning and so that's mm-hmm. why this program is just it's perfect for me because mm-hmm. no matter what you find, there's more to find kind of mm-hmm. things, which is really like pulling on that string and just seeing what yeah what you can get out of it. How much of that ball you can untangle. Yeah, well, <laughs> honestly, though, yeah, that's like what that's a perfect yeah. way to look at it. I also feel like we kind of treat the like the symptoms of the problem, not the roots. And I feel like with the education, like of social innovation, we're kind of learning the steps on how to kind of change the world instead of just mm-hmm. diving into it right away mm-hmm. and kind of figuring yeah. out then. But it's like. In social innovation, we're kind of learning the steps of like, okay, understand the system, understand how you can be a part mm-hmm. of it, observing and then diving mm-hmm. in. So yeah. and that's really the important part of social innovation. Yeah. Just like being really empathetic towards problems that maybe you haven't experienced, but yeah. you know that like they affect a lot of people. Yeah. And it's just that that's one thing I found more and more as I've gone through the past three years is like I've always, I've always tried to be very like understanding, but social innovation really kind of like pushes that to be like, fully think about this problem and not like oh I could solve that or like oh, I, under- I understand yeah. that problem and then you hear about it from a person who's experienced it firsthand and you're like 
I had no idea. Mm-hmm. It's like empathy is like the core skill in social innovation. Like you gotta mm-hmm. understand your audience. You gotta understand the people that you mm-hmm. want to treat before, yeah. like really diving in. So, mm-hmm. and don't think that you're the hero. They're the hero. You're just kind of here to observe, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. kind of help and support. Yeah, yeah. yeah you gotta be able to pivot a lot. Because mm-hmm. it's like when you might think one thing and then you learn you you talk about you sorry you might think one thing and then talk to somebody else and you're like whoa that's that's not what yeah. it is that's not what I thought that was mm-hmm. um, and just like the sharing of knowledge which is something that I really appreciate about the social innovation realm is like everyone's just so open to be like yeah I tried this and that didn't work how will you do it mm-hmm. and you're like well I don't know let's work it out <laughs> <laughs> let's have a brainstorming session and try and figure it out which happens a lot like we're always constantly planning and brainstorming and like trying to get to the root cause instead of trying to fix the system I mean symptom so yeah, yeah. it's a very interesting concept well one of those things and it's like so so cliche but like the whole like the proverb if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together and that's like the Mm -hmm. really kind of just all-encompassing of what social innovation is because you can't you can go it alone but you're not going to get anywhere because you don't have collaboration you're not going to understand people's views right like this whole this group of four people wouldn't be the same with one person Mm -hmm. it's like a dynamic kind of learning environment where you're bouncing things off and then I've learned so many like life lessons from other people that I've had classes with that like Mm -hmm. I haven't and like not to knock other programs but I haven't got that out of like an accounting class or something mm-hmm. just because it doesn't provide that same mindset. kind of environment mindset everything yeah and so it's fun to be able to learn and then take that into other classes sure but like mm-hmm. it's a learning environment not just like the theory of the course but also like the people you're with and everything that mm-hmm. kind of just transpires in between yeah and I feel like with social innovation especially like it's not specific for one system it's generic enough for like it can fit into the arts community can fit into the healthcare can fit into environment so like you can bring those skills and transfer them over to other disciplines where it's like really beneficial because now I write papers about systems I'm like I understand what systems are I'm going to use system site here I'm going to quote this I'm like yes (laughs) and that's I think that's why in our social innovation classes you've already mentioned this Maya is that um, we get this group of diverse students. Like you have business students, you have communication students, you have nursing students, you have social work students. Like you have somebody from every field almost in these classes, which is quite remarkable. And I can't even remember who I was talking to about this or when it was, but we were thinking about, it was a brainstorming session, thinking about what, how would we like to see social innovation in the world in like 10 years, five, 10 years, thinking in the future. And my answer was that like the dream, the ideal dream would be that it's just a part of every, like it's integrated in the in the different systems of like healthcare, yeah. environment, engineering, all these things, like yeah. it's integrated. It's not some extra special thing that we have to think about doing. That's just how we approach yeah. the work. That's my ideal dream be- and highly biased because I'm in the world of social <laughs> so a lot of people wouldn't agree with me. But, but, but not even like a post-secondary level, like it should be, we learn from a young age how to like, not like deep systems thinking and mapping and everything, but like an understanding of both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. Really, and like learning to question things and like, okay, I'm learning this, but like why? Or like, Mm -hmm. why, why? And like, not that it's like a bad thing to learn it later on, but I think the younger you learn something, the more kind of Mm -hmm. instilled it is in like just your day-to-day life. Yeah. And really seeing how like what you do here could affect that. And like when you learn that at 10 years old, you even just have an idea of it, like that takes your whole life mm-hmm. journey on a different path, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I started learning it at 20 something, 
and it'll take me the rest of my life to even understand what's yeah. what it really kind of means but I think the earlier you start the better yeah kind of for everybody right like mm-hmm. as like the whole future generation of change makers mm-hmm. just kind of kickstart the yeah. kickstart the like movement right yeah there you go. Somebody who's passionate about education. We need to start working on the education <laughs> curriculum and get social innovation at a younger age. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I agree because it is. It's these like a lot of the stuff that we learn in the theory class of social innovation is more so of these concepts and this understanding. It's like how do we actually train our brains to think? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. I think a lot of the things that I've had to do is like I need to train my brain, <laughs> like yeah. how to think and how to do this work. And it probably would have been like they say, learning a language at two is much easier than. 50 or whatever right so same thing yeah well it's part of what i'm like working on in the fellowship too is like it's building that sustainable communities but it's like kind of really focused at the youth and so it's like how can we create this like resilient future for this generation of youth that we have right now but like it's like also thinking to the future like if you teach people from a young age or you educate them and like you kind of expose them to not like problems but just like thinking ways of thinking it's a whole different ball game after that, right? Yeah. So. Very true. So jumping, I don't know if we're jumping back or ahead or where we're jumping, but we're going to go to this. As we were thinking about, like, do we identify as change makers and people telling us we're change makers and doing this work, have you experienced imposter syndrome? And how did you overcome that if you were able to overcome it? Or do you still feel like an imposter? And if you do, that's fine. <laughs> we're still students of the same work, so we're still learning and becoming change makers. I mean, for me, I'll say it probably started a long time ago, so I think I had experience with it from a young age that I was able to overcome it quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it still happens sometimes, but then you're able to just bounce back easier. Mm-hmm. So I started off, like, in high school, I was doing spoken word, and I was just like, what? So the first time I got a gig, I was like, what do you mean you want me to perform? <laughs> like, like, this you is know what you're asking. <laughs> so I was like, uh, okay, because, like, you know, an opportunity comes up, and you're like, okay, I feel like I can do this. But, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to those days, you're like, hmm why would they want me like why should I do this am I even worthy enough and you start thinking about all the different people that have influenced you to be there so for me it was like people like Jill Scott and Lauren Hill like all these really great performers and I was just like ha I am not Lauren Hill why am I here (laughs) (laughs) and so it was it was very odd feeling but you just got to do it. And then if it feels right, it feels right. And if it doesn't, maybe you just pivot to something that does feel right. Um, but a lot of it, I think, is just mindset. You're just like, hmm, I don't know if I should be here. I don't know if this is good enough. I don't know if I'm good enough to be giving people these things. Yeah. I don't know. So it was just like, it's a lot about mindset and being like, no, no, no. You yeah. like you write well. Like, yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Like, yeah. you're fine. And the people that you just mentioned probably felt the same way as you did when they were first starting, too. Exactly. And now look at them. So, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just, maybe it's just the fear of starting something new. Yeah. But once mm-hmm. you get into it, you're just like, oh, good this, is, this is really what I like to do. This is interesting. I like yeah. it. Personally, yeah. I'm still on that journey of self-doubt. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm becoming this person, but I'm still kind of under the shadow of others. So I'm still kind of learning how to become mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. person of importance or, like, what people look into me. So yeah. self-doubt is something that I'm working towards kind of improving. 
That's funny because I don't think that ever goes away. Because as soon as you get a new role, you're like, ah. Yeah. It's just so a, this just... cycle. You keep going through it. And... Actually, yeah, kind of a constant process of like praising yourself and then doubting yourself. It's mm-hmm. not like a bad thing either, but just being like, oh, wow, I've come so far. I'm so proud of myself. I'm like, do I even know what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And that could be like five minutes apart. You could really like, it's just mm-hmm. kind of depending on the day. Yeah. And I know like next week, um, a buddy of mine and I got asked to speak at the business networking day mm-hmm. as like the social innovation kind of representative of like the, to talk to the students yeah. of like why you should take the course. And I'm like thinking like, am I qualified to tell anybody <laughs> that? But I'm looking at it I'm, like, well, I've taken like a bunch of courses and I've done really well and I'm doing all these things. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I can. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I'm like, like, am I qualified enough to do that? So it's just really kind of like mm-hmm. going through the process and like, yeah being like yeah you can do this like there's really not mm-hmm. but then you get, you get into a new role and you're like I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> yeah. but then you're like wait yeah I, do. I got hired for this yeah right? like they brought me in for a reason like I can yeah. exactly right but it's just it's, it's kind of cool to see how that whole process plays mm-hmm. itself out yeah in our brains it's like it's very much almost um like the goal of the podcast is to like take time to reflect on what we've been through same kind of thing it's like when you get a new role if you're feeling underqualified for it and um, as students, like doing internships and whatnot, I often felt like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, taking that time to think like, okay, here's the role that I'm doing or the place I've been asked to speak at or whatever it may be. And just remembering and, and reminding yourself everything that you've done. Cause for myself too, I have always just naturally been a very busy person. I don't, I don't know how or why, but it just happens. And I just always have something to do. Um, and I don't always take time to really realize the things that I've done. And yeah. so when it, that feeling comes on for me of that, I don't belong here, I'm an imposter, I should run and hide, um, is just taking time to think about like, no, okay, I did this. Like I've been, I've done these classes in social innovation or I've done these classes in information yeah. design or I've been a part of this community project, right? And just reminding myself to take that time to like really feel the impact that those experiences have had on me and who I am and my skill sets and abilities, so. That's a really good point, because I think that's what you need to do. Because I think, because of the phrase, fake it till you make it. Yep. <laughs> so you, it's like you're always feeling like you need do to you fake it. it? Do you ever <laughs> make it? Do you ever make it? Right? So you just like, you have to look back and be like, you know what, I've done all these things. So mm-hmm. I, I do deserve to be here. I am qualified to be here. I don't need to fake it. Because maybe if it's like a completely new role, maybe it's like you've gone from social innovation and now you're like a neuroscientist. Like, what is that? <laughs> that you might have to fake that one. Yeah. But, um, but I think like getting out of that mindset is really important to be like, no, I deserve to be here. I didn't. I don't have mm-hmm. to fake it. I can just learn through it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think important. yeah, when people tell you fake it till you make it, they don't tell you when to stop faking it. Exactly. <laughs> There's no like, okay, I'm good now. Like, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm I've been faking it, it so long that I'm actually like kind of good at it. But am I still faking it? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. There's really no yeah. like clarification after like it's like pushing the bird out of the nest. Mm-hmm. It's like you're good. Like. And you yeah. kind of just don't Time know when you're actually good on your yeah. on your own, but yeah, that's true. And because we're like living beings, and everything changes, like today, my understanding of making it could be X, Very Y, and Z. Exactly. And in five years, once I feel like I've achieved that, well, now my mindset is different about it, and it's like, oh, well, that's no longer my standard for mm-hmm. having made it. Now it's this because I've learned something new, yeah. like because mm-hmm. our knowledge is always changing and our understanding of things. So, yeah, it's a very interesting concept for sure. I think just like taking time to like, 
and I've gotten better at this over the years, but just taking a day or an hour or whatever you kind of have in mm-hmm. your schedule, because same thing, like I'm just like a super busy person and I, yeah. I enjoy it. Like I love being busy because mm-hmm. I like having things to do and mm-hmm. whatever, but then sometimes it just can kind of be like a lot. Mm-hmm. You take a step back and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. Like yeah. be again, super appreciative kind of for everything I have and like how far I've come in school and all this other kind of stuff. But like, like you know what? Mm-hmm. Doing all right. Like, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. Very true. Wonderful. I just have one more wrap-up question and thought, thinking, I guess, exercise-ish. I don't know what you want to call it. So thinking about the future, either near or far, so you can think like next week or five years or 10 years or when you're like 90, whatever you want to think, um, is what you're most hopeful for. So this can be a hope for you as a change maker, something that you hope you experience in your journey, or just a hope for the world of change making. I think I'm hopeful for like people realizing the impact that people do on like the ground level, not just people that have titles. I feel people appreciate titles a lot more. They kind of value titles way more than experience. So I think experience should trump titles. Like I have no problem with titles, mm-hmm. but titles shouldn't tell who and what you are. And it's how important your you are, how impactful you are. Like, yeah. yeah, it's about impact, not money to mm-hmm. me. And I think people should ex- should celebrate the impact people are doing and not just the money or the titles that people see. Yeah. That's what I'm most hopeful for. I think just like, I'm hopeful that people like will realize the human potential that we all have, like mm-hmm. as a collective, however many billion people are gonna be around it in a couple of years, but like, I just think there's so much out there that we can do and it's already mm-hmm. being done. And that's one of the things I am kind of hopeful for. And that's why I'm optimistic about everything. But you'll see so many cool things happening that aren't really talked about and not that they need to be talked about and in the news or whatever, but they're actually like, doing something. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. like I watched a documentary on Bill Gates, like Inside Bill's Brain or whatever it's called on Netflix. Mm. And he's funding, personally funding, I think, like how to develop a toilet that produces its own energy. Awesome. So you could put these things in countries with no power and then have like this and that. And I'm like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And like, I would have never thought about that, but there's really smart people in the world that with mm-hmm. a lot of money that can really do a lot of change. And yeah. so, yeah, I guess I'm just like hopeful that the people with a lot of the access to funding these things kind of realize what there is to do. Mm-hmm. And rather than buying a race car, you buy some innovative idea and really push that to the mm-hmm. kind of next level. And so. Yeah kind of see what can kind of go from or with that yeah nice it's a hard question but um i Mm -hmm. think i'm hopeful for for creativity um i think like we're coming into like i guess that's always happening where you know throughout the years we go through transitions and i think our like generation is going through a major transition especially in the workforce and like how do we define work and you know what is work to us what you know do we want to work in something that we just want to be there for 50 years or do we want to do something meaningful and i think um being thinking about these things you have to be really creative and innovative and so that gives me hope that a lot of really cool solutions will come out of our generation just from being like, I want to work in something that I feel passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I also think like my, also my other hope is like, I think people have to stop thinking linear. I think they have to think like failure is part of the process and that yeah. to learn from right. that failure and kind of get to success. Exactly. So. Yeah. 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 It's part of 
part of the whole entrepreneurship thing yeah. too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's very exciting to be failing and succeeding. Yeah, that's true. We should celebrate failures as we celebrate successes. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I think one of my hopes, and it's already like something that I'm already starting to see, is just that there's... Um, there is starting to be change and we're starting to see mindset shift and we're starting to see people actively showing, how do I explain this? (laughs) Um, We're starting to see people who are, who are making this change and like starting the conversation. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Like everything has to start with us talking about it and acknowledging that something's wrong and kind of how do we fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm just hopeful that that thread is going to just keep catching on Mm -hmm. and going to keep growing beyond just the conversation and start having more of these new systems in place and new policies or whatever it may be that it's going to keep growing or even implementing those implementing yeah yeah, right implementing from talking to action i think that's where we kind of struggle it's like okay we know all of this but Mm -hmm. how do we implement it how do we move it to action that's kind of where we should be moving yeah. towards and thank you that was the th- that was yeah. the concept i was trying to get <laughs> yeah. across and i couldn't figure out how to explain it it's nearly morning this morning but well, just like jumping on the bandwagon too if you see something that is really cool and you like the idea like mm-hmm. support it don't just like mm-hmm. assume everyone else is supporting it so it'll be fine yeah like jump on the bandwagon support it share it do whatever yeah. you kind of got to do but don't be a bystander help, help your fellow yeah. like innovator change maker out right like yeah because if you got a good idea i'm sure you'd want people to share that too so just kind of be the like I said, at the start, mm-hmm. full circle, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, very true. Lovely. Well, that wraps up our conversation. So a big thank you to all three of you for sitting down, taking the time with me to reflect on what your journey's been like as a student and entering this wild workforce that is social innovation that I'm sure we will keep learning about as yeah. we go. So yeah, Thanks for having yeah. us. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pause. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge that the conversation you heard today was recorded on Treaty 7 territory, a land steeped in ceremony and history that, until relatively recently, was used exclusively by Indigenous peoples. We acknowledge the past, present, and future generations of Stony Nakoda, Blackfoot, and Tsutsina nations, as well as the Métis nations who have traditionally gathered in and cared for this place. This episode was produced by Alberta Social Innovation Connect, or ABSI Connect. You can learn more about our network, find our newsletter, and get inspired by and connected to other changemakers by visiting our website, www.absiconnect.ca. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out by sharing it with a friend and rating us on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. We'd also love to hear your feedback and reflections on this show and your ideas for future episodes. Our funding partner is the Suncor Energy Foundation. This episode was recorded and edited by Elise Martinowski of Absi Connect. Theme music was created by the Fort McMurray Youth of the Soundforce Collective.